0: Hello, welcome to Communicating Education, the official podcast of the Long Island School Public Relations Association. I'm your host, Christina Baumgartner. On today's episode, we're talking to Adrienne Leon. Adrian is the current president of the New York School Public Relations Association and the Northeast APR coordinator for the National School Public Relations Association. She's going to talk to us about the APR process and share her advice for those pursuing it. So grab your coffee and pull up a spot on the couch. Actually, let's be real. Turn up your headphones and make sure you can still see the notes for the social media content you're working on as we talk to Adrian Leon. So today on Communicating Education, we have our guest Adrian Leon, who is an all-around school PR rock star. Um, She is one of my go-tos in the industry whenever I have questions and um, especially on the accreditation process. Adrienne was so helpful with giving me that push to start the process and keep going with the process and actually complete it. So Adrienne, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank
1: you so much for the introduction, Christina. I'm so honored to be here. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, I am located in upstate New York. I am the director of communications and public relations at the Capital Region Board of Cooperative Educational Services, or BOCES. I oversee a team of about 60 public information specialists, graphic artists, web designers, um, print management staff. Um, supporting school districts across the state of New York, as well as our 10-person grants and development team, uh, also supporting school districts. So uh, I stay busy, especially during a <laughs> time of uh, pandemic, uh, especially considering I have two, uh, two little ones at home and uh, you know, we keep the party going. Um, I'm also the president of NISPRA, the New York School Public Relations Association. And I serve on the um, APR uh, committee for the National School Public Relations Association and also serve on the Universal Accreditation Board.
0: Awesome. So you are a perfect person to talk to everybody about accreditation. Um, So before we jump into that, though, what kind of is your elevator pitch? If somebody asks you when you tell someone
1: you work in school PR and
0: they say, what is school PR?
1: Sure, so school PR is about um, you know, building relationships and credibility for our public school system. Um, so you know, all of the different stakeholders involved uh, feel connected to their schools, um, feel like they understand what's happening in their schools, feel a part of their school community. So um, you know, having that kind of structure in place really uh, serves to help school leaders, um, with all of the things that they need to do uh, in terms of um, building uh, credible, uh, productive school systems that support our children and support our families and support our communities. So it's, it's, it's that cyclical process um, you know, that schools are involved in and uh, public relations is central to that effort.
0: Great. Um, school PR related, not school PR related, what's the last thing that you read?
1: So you know, definitely uh, the headlines today. Uh, a couple, you know, news articles. Uh, whatever <laughs> yes, I can, uh, yeah, work yeah, my way through, stomach my way time. through. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I tend to to look at the headlines every morning. I have some emails I get with some some headlines, but you know, in terms of reading material, I, um, I like to have kind of a, a book. I'm. I'm getting through on the professional side and a book that I'm getting through on the personal side. So uh, in my quest to bec- always be a better leader and a better boss and a better um, uh, supporter of other people, I'm working my way through a book called Radical Candor, um, okay. which is, you know, gets my thoughts going on on the kind of the work side these days, um, keeps me focused on sort of my, my continual professional development instead of the crisis that we're working in right now, uh, which I find helpful. Uh, and then on the personal side, uh, I've been working my way through the Outlander book series for a long time. I'm a big fan of those books. So I'm I'm uh, okay. I think on the sixth book or something like that. So I, I, you know, I try to read when I can. So thank you for asking. Yeah, sometimes in our
0: jobs that that's something that's gets pushed to the back burner in terms of making time, but it's so important to keep reading and keep learning. Absolutely. Um, so do you have a memory that you can share of maybe one of your favorite teachers when you were in school or a favorite memory that you have about your your days in school?
1: Um yeah, you know, it's funny my son came home the other day and he said uh he said guess what mom I'm running for class president and uh oh, that's great. And I was like, "Oh, okay, he's in 3rd grade." Uh and, and we talked about what that meant. Um you know, I, I I went to a really small high school, uh, about 70 kids in my graduating class in upstate New York. And um, we were were a very tight knit uh, community and and group of people that I went to school with. But we had some really great teachers that were part of that group. And I think, um, you know, really encouraged me to, to be my best self. And uh, one of the things I did in high school was I was the president of the student council. So when my son told me that the other day, I was telling him about my days in student government, uh, he really wasn't that interested. But um, <laughs> I, I have been sort of thinking about that this week, especially with, you know, politics on the brain. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I, I kind of try to work myself into these, these leadership positions. And mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of been... Story of my life, I guess. <laughs> and it's
0: great that it goes back that far. That you can you can trace <laughs> your leadership lineage all the way back to all the way back to your high school days. That's amazing. Um, so let's dive let's dive right in today to our, our topic, accreditation in public relations
1: or the APR. So why don't we start just with what is it? Yeah. So um, the 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 APR. Uh, accreditation in public relations—it's a—it's an industry certification for people who work in um, in public relations, and and it's a—you know—I think it's sort of a a stamp of uh, standard standards that as a professional. Um, you know having the APR shows you have a certain skills and abilities and certain knowledge and you hold yourself to a certain mm-hmm. standard as a professional, um, an ethical standard, a, a professional standard. So um, you know I, I think it, it means a lot of different things, but I think that it it definitely um, as a PR practitioner, uh, it, it's something that sets you apart from, um, people who, who are not APRs.
0: And is it something, it's not specific to school PR, right? This is across the entire PR industry? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a, it's an industry certification. So it's something that you, um, you know, you see it in all, in all, um, sectors, uh, the military, there's the APR plus M is the military, um, version of the APR, Um, That's something you see in a lot of public affairs offices. It's uh, a lot of private industry. So yes, no, it absolutely is not specific to school PR. So why, in your opinion, why should somebody pursue
0: getting accredited?
1: Well, you know, I think obviously there's that professional satisfaction, right? There's there's, you know, I, I say this all the time to people that um, like, you know, school superintendents that I work with, you know, you can spend a lot of time communicating, you can spend a lot of time sending words and images out into the universe. Um, that can get very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. It can get get very time consuming. But how do you know it's effective? You know, how do you know you're moving the needle on anything? And I think people, you know, the APRs are trained to do just that. Move the needle. Mm-hmm. Find the way to be if the most effective you can be. Measure your your success. Find ways to do better next time. So I think that um, you know it 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 takes communication from just just that pushing information out to the universe to being strategic and being thoughtful and uh, and applying um, process to um, putting information out into the universe so it's effective. And it's more important now than ever. I mean, look, we are inundated with information every day. It's more than any (laughs) single person can handle, Um, you know? And I think about, you know, in in school PR, I think about parents working out there, you know, they're juggling kids. Now we're in the middle of this pandemic. You know, they're they're juggling these crazy school schedules. and and you know if there's a when there's there's um cases of COVID-19 right and then everything changes again so like how do schools get parents the information that they really need the actionable information Mm -hmm. um, that really is important for them to know you know this is what um the APR is all about is understanding how to cut through the noise get right to people the information that they know uh, understand your audiences and, um, you know, apply that process to, to, to whatever it is you have going on. Um, it's, it's, it's critical that people have, have the information. So. Um, and it's important to get that to them in a way that's the most effective. Right. But, you know, because you don't have a lot of time to mess around. Um, and no, you especially a- nowadays. Right, um, and and you know, rather than six messages, you only have time for one. And so, what is going to make that the most effective um, message? And the, the the what is the channel? What is the w- you know the wording? What are you trying to get to people? Um, you know, this is something that APR specialize in.
0: Okay, so if somebody was going to pursue their APR, what is the process for doing that? Is it something that's really simple? Is it a long
1: process? It can be, you know, it's a very um, self-driven process. Um, so, you know, there are opportunities to do it quickly um, or you can take take your time with it. I took about a year to complete the process um, and there's different ways to do it. Basically, you know, there, there's two big pieces. It's the panel presentation and the computer-based exam. So once you apply to be a candidate, you um, you the clock starts ticking. So you have one year from when you get that acceptance from being a candidate to um, completing the process. And you complete your questionnaire. There's a, it's a document, and actually it's a really important part of the process because. And I think my questionnaire was like 25 pages long. I mean, it's, a, it's something you really have to kind of put some time into. Um, and then you uh, you submit that to your panel and they review it. And then the day of your, your panel presentation, you, um, you have a project that you are presenting, a portfolio that you're presenting to your panel. And they will go through your project with you and go through the questionnaire with you. Um, And then if you move through that part of the process, then you take the computer-based exam. And um, I'm happy to say that there are options. I know a lot of the testing centers are closed right now. So there is an option um, to do the exam at at your home or at your office. Um, So you know, it had stopped for a while, the computer-based testing, but we're back up and running with that. So I I think the big thing for people to know too, is you can prepare before you Mm -hmm. apply to be a candidate. Um, so if you, um, there's an online course you can take, um, there's mentorship opportunities through, I know, um, Know, the National School Public Relations Association (PRSA). You know, there's a. They have mentorship programs. Um, you can do a lot of these things before you apply to be a candidate. Before that clock starts ticking, uh, yeah. To really prepare yourself and and learn the content and be comfortable with the content, read the books, go through the process, under understand the process, and then once you apply, then you, you have more time. You're not so up against the wall to learn the content and do, you know, those pieces, but for somebody who's really motivated and has the time and kind of is already familiar with a lot of the content, you know, you can move through those pieces fairly quickly yeah. too. It just, it just depends on what works for you.
0: just tell people I don't recommend doing it the way that I did it because I kind of, I, I sort of decided I wanted to do it and then I waited a year and I hadn't really moved forward in the process or had time to really dig into some of those recommended texts that, that they give you on that list. And so then I just decided, I think there were a group of us one year at the conference in DC. And we had said next year, we're getting pinned in DC. We are getting our APR. So I kind of submitted my application and started the process.
1: And then I had to do it in that year.
0: But you I know, don't, really but do don't
1: underestimate, you know, the peer <laughs> pressure element, you know, because I, I had a little bit of that in my process there was a group of us at work that uh, we there's a woman who works here who's an APR and mm-hmm. she would meet with us and she kind of introducing us to the con- the content and we would kind of go through it and, and, it, you know, that kind of ended and I was like well I've already put all this time into this why would I not continue and get it done. Um, you know, and it's great to have friends who are also doing it, Yeah, um, whether it's locally or, or in other parts of the country or, or the world. um, You know, that's, that's, I think the thing with the mentor part too, is, you know, the process can be really intimidating for people. We see that on mm-hmm. a lot of the surveys is understanding the process can be, but what am I supposed to do and when? And so I think having a mentor is really important because that's somebody who you can, you know, there really are no stupid questions, but those questions you just feel like you can't really ask anybody else. You know, that's what a mentor is there. And, and APRs love to mentor other APRs. Like if you can't tell by like the way I'm talking about it, like APRs are really into the APR. Um, so I think there's, there's, um, you know, so many opportunities for, for mentorship Mm -hmm. and, and, um, working with other people who are going through the process to, um, I think that really is an important part of um, being an APR. And, you know, and the other thing, Christina, that to answer your, your other question about like why to get the APR, mm-hmm. um, I think the professional network that it opens you up to is something that you can't underestimate um, because it's not only like, so, so we both work in school PR, mm-hmm. we're connected to a lot of other APRs in school PR because of, um, having gone through the process and, and having the credential. But um, the the one of the things I never really considered by going through the process that has been really awesome is all the APRs I've met in other industries. And it broadens my perspective as a practitioner, as a professional. Um, it's just um, opened up a whole new world of, of um, of relationships for me and, you know, just knowing uh, people professionally that you can sort of pick their brain. Um, I have, you know, friends that I've made who work in other industries or APRs that, that are, it's just, it's so cool. There are people that I wouldn't have otherwise known. And um, so I think that's something to, to consider as well. It's, it's, it's a huge professional network of people who just, you know, love to be connected to love PR. love PR, right. And, and love the process and right. And this idea of like all these things we can do if we measure our work and, and have measurable objectives and do evaluation and research and all of these concepts that like, we just get so jazzed about as APRs um, to, to, you know, talk that language with somebody who gets it. Yeah. It, it is, you know, it's a, I, I tell people like being an APR is like being part of a special club. Um yeah, it yeah. really you know it, it really is yeah
0: and it's I mean even going back it's so funny because when you're talking about how intimidating the process is that was definitely something that I felt and I know you and I had talked about it because really I mean you were probably the biggest mentor that I had going through my APR process and it was so helpful to have somebody to really talk me through that because you know, I think that so many times PR professionals, whether they're in school PR or other industries, I mean my background was in government PR and you know I spent 10 years of my career almost doing government PR and you're doing things already that are part of this RPI process that is so essential to the APR process that you probably don't even realize it. Yep. And it's it's just a matter of sort of learning how to formalize that and, and bringing that in. I mean going back to, you know, one of, actually my very first job in PR, one of my mentors used to have a saying that if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And it took me so long to sort of make that connection when I was going through the APR process that, wait a second, I already know how to do evaluation because if you can't measure
1: it, you can't manage it. You know, and research is the same thing, right? Like people get really uh, overwhelmed by this idea of research. Well, I don't have time to do research and. I don't have money to do research. Right. I don't have the money. I'm not a social scientist. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, you're doing research every day. Look at what you know. um, Gather where you can and look for opportunities to get more information. So, you know. And if you're not, but if you're not bringing that mindset to the work, you're never going to find those opportunities to get more information and to really know why you're acting Yeah. Uh, on on something. So I think, you know, the philosophies and the concepts we're talking about here, um, you know, the the other thing I'll mention too, is like a lot of people who are in PR don't have an, a, a formal education in PR. Um, you know, a lot Absolutely. of people- We have so
0: many- were journalists. And, right. You know, I was a political science major, so I didn't get any training in college and how to do this.
1: Right. And I think that's one of the reasons I was really drawn to it when I started really getting into it and reading the texts and having these conversations because it, like you said, like I was doing the job every day, but I didn't really understand why I was doing certain things or why I was struggling with certain things. Mm-hmm. And it gave me that background to my own job that I had never had before. So, um, you know, I still have my, my textbooks in my office from the, you know, the, the, the APR process and I'll crack mm-hmm. them open from time to time. If there's something I'm working on or something I'm thinking about or presenting on, um, cause it's, it's the basic stuff that's just really important to know.
0: Yeah now one of the questions that i had asked you when i was going through my process and i know i've had people ask me this and um you know it's i think one of the things that people really worry about is how scary is that panel to sit through <laughs> you
1: know <laughs> right okay, because it's so, so it
0: sounds yeah. so overwhelming
1: yeah so i was so freaked out by my panel like i so was that, like uh, <laughs> heading into it i Um, the, the woman who set it up for me was out in Rochester and I, so it's about three, three hours or so from where I live. And I said, I will come to you if you can schedule it all. Well, wouldn't you know the day I drove out there? I mean, it was like a monsoon. It was raining so hard and I'm, you know, I'm all dressed up and I've got all my binders and I get out there, you know, an hour and a half early and, and, um, and I was so, and, you know, she set me up and I had. You know all the I had, I think I had asked for like a technology setup because I, I had a video I wanted to show and I had all my stuff and um I was just so panicked about the whole thing and it was just the loveliest experience. I mean I just sat with like three people who were so interested and so supportive. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just a lovely experience. I now look not everybody has that experience, right? Everybody's panel is different. Everybody's panelists are different. Um, so I can't say that you're not, somebody wouldn't have you know, a, an intimidating panel experience. Um, but I, I can tell you that from my experience, panelists, if they're hard on a candidate it's because that's their job. The, the panelist's job is to help prepare that candidate for what comes next, whether it's the computer-based exam or the rest of their career. And their job is to pick out mistakes or flaws or miss you know per- perceptions on the content and, and set the person in the right direction. Their job is to um, they, they almost are mentors in that way. So I think people have to recognize that they have to kind of come into it with that lens. Mm-hmm. It is not a presentation of, you know, look at me, look at my amazing project that I did. It's, that's not what a panel presentation is. It's a, um, it's more like presenting yourself as like a, I'm somebody who represents the, the, um, the field of public relations. And, and I want to take this next step in my career. So, um, you know, I think you have to take it seriously, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's something to be scared of.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you were the one who said this to me about the panel and having actually now sat as a panelist for somebody else. I was like, it's so true is that even if they're hard on you at the end of the day, your panelists want you to succeed. That, that they're really there to make sure that you are able to be successful in the process and in the profession. That's and I always think that's been my experience, yeah. 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 And I think the other cool thing about the panel that I think some people don't realize because some people are saying, well, I don't have a project that I've been the lead on or I don't have a project that I've taken from start to finish. And the fact that you can sort of create one or present something that you may have been involved in you know even if you weren't the lead on it i think is an important thing for people to understand
1: yeah or or like we were talking about research earlier you know people say well mm-hmm. i didn't get to do research or i don't have a a a budget for research and 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 the point is, again is not to present the perfect project um the the point is to demonstrate that you have the knowledge skills and abilities um, which is a different thing, so, um, but again, this is why a mentor is really important from the very beginning, Um, so as soon as you become a candidate, you want to reach out to, um, you know, somebody, you know, NSPRA members Mm -hmm. in the Northeast can, you know, reach out to me, and I can help them find or anybody from NSPRA can reach out to me, or anybody else from the NSPRA committee, and we can help find you a mentor, um, because those people can, can answer all of these questions and mm-hmm. and help you with the process and kind of set your mind at ease and work with with you on your project um, to make sure you're kind of hitting all those points. And I had that with my panel. You know, I had a, a friend and colleague who re- reviewed my all of my stuff and gave me feedback. And um, that's okay to have that. And and it's just it's a really important part of the process.
0: Yeah, and I think what I've seen is so many people are willing to look over, even if it's, you know, I just want an extra set of eyes on my questionnaire before I send it to my panel. Or, you know, I just, I'm about to go into my panel and I just need to talk through how I'm going to present this. And I think that people are so willing, particularly in the school PR world to do that, that, you know, it's just a matter of taking advantage of it. Agreed. Yep. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, so other than um, you know, the mentorship and, and everything else, what kind of resources would you recommend to somebody who's thinking about pursuing, you know, what they, what should they, what they, what should they be looking at
1: yeah. when they're trying to go through it? So I did the online course through, um, I get, you know, through the UAB. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found it very helpful, um, in terms of, I, I did the live cohorts, um, but then I also spent some time because uh, it's a self—it's also a self-paced um, course where there's different modules mm-hmm. with the content, and I used those when I was studying for the computer-based exam, kind of going back through the modules. I found it really helpful to sort of stay on task, and um, you know, being on those live cohorts, you can ask a lot of questions. I found it um, to be um, really helpful. Not everybody does, but I I did. Um, you know the books are very helpful. Um, that's another thing about the online courses; they'll kind of bring you through the different um, topics and then kind of tell you which chapters to read. And it's usually a lot of reading, so you have to kind of do your best, um, staying on top of it. I know a lot of, um, people also do kind of local study groups or, or even, I mean, especially now with the technology, um, everybody doesn't even have to be local, but, you know, connecting with other people who are going through the process and kind of doing your, that kind of online course a little more organically and, and having that kind of study group, all great ideas. Um, like I said, you know, going through, um, whether it's NSPRA or PRSA or, or any of the other um, organizations that um, support people in public relations, you know, I would say you know go through all those websites. There's all kinds of you know st- the, the study guide is there. There's all kinds of other resources. Um, so I think you just have to kind of take your time, go through it all, take the time to understand it, ask questions. Uh, seek out support uh, LinkedIn. You can find a lot of APRs on LinkedIn. Um, so if you're very true for professional support, that's another place to look for people. Um, so I think that those are those are the pieces that come to mind. Um, I know we were talking in, uh, earlier about the the National School PR Association. We're looking to kind of start up like a study group um, mm-hmm. program for. For NSPR members that are going through the process, so um, there, there really is no shortage of support and resources if you if you look for it.
0: Awesome. So, is there anything else about the APR about the process that we didn't cover that
1: you think would be an important thing for people to know? Well, I'll just share a, a quick story. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity recently to talk to um, a, a young woman who's in college and a communications, uh, program. And she had, I think she had to write a paper, she had to interview a PR practitioner and, and write a paper. And we talked, I talked a lot about kind of this idea of, you know, measuring what you're doing and reporting out and kind of having information on the success of, of your work and having, you know, goals around really, um, affecting people's uh, attitudes and behavior and, and she wrote me the nicest note afterwards. And she said, you know, I never have really looked at this field as something that could really have such a strong impact on other people's lives. And after talking to you, um, you've really kind of offered me that perspective. And I feel really positive about being in this field. And I I was so floored. I was like, wow, you know, that that was the best feedback you can get from somebody, um, you know, who's, who's young and entering a, a public relations or communications program in college but you know i think at the end of the day it sounds like a lofty goal but that's what it's all about right if we're not here to solve problems what are we here to do and um and i think that really is the mission of the apr so i will leave you on that note christina
0: that's amazing adrian and that's a that's a really awesome story
1: i really like that that yep oh it uh yeah, it's a real feel-good story for, for, for especially yeah. for right now.
0: Yeah, we could all use some more feel-good stories right now with, Absolutely. with everything that's been going on for the last
1: eight months. Yeah, and you know, the PR more- people are, you know, right on the front lines in so many Absolutely. ways and our PR colleagues across the country are really doing their best to hold it together and are doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, so yeah. I want to. Yeah. I have seen so much um, camaraderie
0: and innovation. I mean, we always see that in our field, but I think that for the last eight months, it's really just been amazing to see the way that so many people have stepped up and the ways that everybody has been just trying to do the best with where we're at. So
1: absolutely. But
0: thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today, Adrian. We had a great conversation and I really appreciate your time.
1: Thanks for having me, Christina. It's great to see you.
0: You too. This has been Communicating Education. Thank you to Adrian Leon for being with us today and sharing your insight. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to check out our other episodes. And why not become a subscriber? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. For more information on the Long Island School Public Relations Association, visit our website at www.lispra.org or find us on Twitter at LISchoolPR. Until next time, keep your head up, keep sharing your stories, and keep communicating education.